So hi guys, welcome to the Another Startup Story podcast. My name is Carmen, your host for today, and together we'll explore and enjoy conversations around entrepreneurship, creativity, and leadership. And on today's episode, we have a really, really close friend of mine, one of my best best friends. We have um, Kat Kugler, who is essentially a strategic um, consultant, a strategy consultant to growth stage startups, um, and also a co-host to In- the InSync podcast, which essentially is a podcast connecting business and spirituality. Um, Along, alongside being a consultant for the Big Four um, Deloitte and having trained there, she's also um, previously co-founded Send Natural, which is a e-commerce beauty brand in Southeast Asia um, and is where we met in Singapore. Um, and she's currently helping a number of brands to get um, to the next level of growth. Um, and, and I think she is a really interesting person to have on the show because, you know, knowing her personally, she's constantly... You know, she's just got such a great mindset when it comes to switching any kind of negative situation around. And she's always, she's all about kind of, you know, personal development and, and building um, a lifestyle of freedom and independence. So, yeah, I think her insight would be really, really helpful and useful to you guys. So, hey, Kat, how are you doing today? We've caught hey, already. Hey, so. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the nice intro. That was really nice. You're welcome. I feel like I could say plenty of other things, but I'm sure, yeah, our listeners will be will be able to tell once they they start speaking. <laughs> but so sure. I guess like the first question is, you know, you started out in quite a corporate job, so you're working at Deloitte, um, and you know, what was the big kind of wow moment where you decided you wanted to, you know, explore the path of entrepreneurship? So, yeah, I spent about um, over five years in in consulting in the corporate world in financial services. So it can't get any more um, corporate than that. Um, But I did have always, so I studied entrepreneurship in my bachelor's. And um, during that time, I've also worked with a couple of startups. And I felt like this is, startups is really what I want to do eventually. So I always had that in the back of my mind. Um, But back then, I coming from university, I think I was uh, having a lot of limiting beliefs at that point, um, which were, for example, or have to take like a proper job in order to, um, you know, build some skills and knowledge and money. And only then I can do uh, what only then I can work in a startup that is uh, higher risk and, and uncertain. And, um, and so that's how I, uh, so I went to, to London, did my master's there. And from, from there, it kind of just took its own, its own way into consulting, yeah. um, which is a good, um, it's a really good starting point in general. Um, but yeah, as I said, like I always felt it was creeping in the back of my mind. And uh, after like five years, there were a few situations where I just got really frustrated and I found um, people in that environment and were not always acting with the highest integrity, if you, if you will. Uh, we're not always the kindest people. And at some point, you know, I really just had to ask myself the questions. The question is that, really what I want to do with my life and you know mm-hmm. when when can I make a cut and uh, I basically resigned on on the spot one day after oh my gosh really what do you mean me. by on the spot <laughs> so I was playing with the thought of resigning for a while um, but 
I like I hadn't I had no concrete plans, nothing. Um, and I I remember like there, there was a period of um, of a project which was really bad and like really demanding and people that I work with were not very nice um, and like not very mindful. And anyway, there was uh, this one um, colleague uh, or partner um, coming up to me and like basically saying, you need to work your team even harder. And like, you know, I was just looking around, everyone was like white already, you know, no life in their face anymore. And so this partner comes up to me and like says, oh, you really need to make sure they work harder. And, um, and then I was uh, calling a friend and, um, and I said, this is so, unex you know, this is un unacceptable and this is so disrespectful. And then that friend just said to me, so what are you still doing there? And I thought yeah. that was um, the most powerful question that I've ever been asked and actually thought about because I was like, yeah. that is what so, am I what am I doing yeah. And so I literally said, I'm going to call you back. And I handed in my notice right then and there immediately because um, I felt like you know this is my time like I just need to do it now otherwise it never happens and um, yeah and then I um, I didn't have anything lined up but um, very shortly um, I had the opportunity to go to Singapore and start um, I co-found my my own um, startup back then so uh, yeah moral of the story if you make the leap of faith usually opportunities will come to you yeah, can we just talk about how you were feeling? Because I met you after you made the leap, so I didn't know, you know, I wasn't with you at the time, but I think, you know, having, moving to a new country to start a new business, like you've not only got to deal with the, you know, uncomfortability of moving to a new city, which is like the other side of the world, you know, you're from Germany and you were living in London um, and then kind of starting a new company, which you've also never done, like how how were you feeling at the time and and you know how did you kind of were, you, were you just like filled with excitement like how did you kind of control those kind of feelings and emotions at the time so I think you know it all happened very quickly so um, when I resigned I didn't have anything lined up and um, I was kind of in a momentum so um, like an opportunity a good opportunity came up to you know build my own startup and so I didn't really have time to question it and um, overthink it so I just said okay I'm, I'm gonna do this um, and because I did it very very quickly I didn't uh, I didn't have I didn't have that many anxieties also coming up because I simply didn't have the time to think about it. Um, so when I then arrived in Singapore, um, I felt like you know my purpose of being here is really to you know use this opportunity and um, and and make something out of it and learn a lot uh, and uh, you know finally like start becoming. An entrepreneur and so there was a lot, a lot to figure out um, in that short period of time so that's what I really just set my mind to that is what I'm that is my purpose why I'm why I'm here and that is what I want to um, get out of it and um, obviously I then you know at one point when you settle you then, then that's when I definitely started thinking oh my god I left all my good friends at home and like you know it's very comfortable there um, and but then again um, I I then I was like, okay, what kind of people do I want to surround myself with and literally search for those people. And that is also how I came across <laughs> you, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a really so, funny story how we met. Do you, you could, I'll let you share. 
Um. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically, as I said, like I wanted to, you know, surround myself with people that are on the uh, on the same track and like that I can share share experiences with and um, you know who, who you just you're on the same page. There's there's a lot of friends that you're on the same page, but you can't really share like you know the same journey and and stuff mm -hmm. um, because they're on different parts of theirs. And so I was like, oh, I like I really and I want to have deep relationships. I also said that to me. I was like, I'm. I'm done. Like I'm done having like shallow relationships. I want to have a few really good friends that I can count on. Yeah, and like, I want to have deep relationships. And, and then I wrote into a Facebook group. Um, like I'm literally saying something like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a first time entrepreneur. I want to like make new friends in, in, uh, in Singapore. Singapore and like, but this is quite common. This is not a weird thing. This is like quite common. These, um, groups in, on Facebook in, in, in extra cities. So, but I did state yeah. like it should be like uh, I want to make like new girlfriends who are also entrepreneurs blah 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 um, and then somebody mentioned you in the comments um, and I, I got onto your profile first thing that I saw was another startup story obviously I didn't know any background or anything right mm -hmm. but from what I could see um, I was like oh my god this girl comes also from London and you know she seemed to have some corporate background and is now starting her another startup story. So I was like, this is too good to be true. So I messaged you on Facebook yeah. and you know, as uncommitted as people are these days, you'd be like, yeah, 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 let's meet, let's meet. But then it's, it's just completely normal when you don't know anyone, like you don't immediately say like, let's meet up unless you have a mission like I have, yeah. right? <laughs> that was to get to know you. <laughs> Sounds like and, uh, and so day. I think I messaged you like three times or so. And then you're like, oh, there's, I'm hosting this event on another startup story. And I was like, right, I'm going to go there. I'm going to meet this person. And, and ever <laughs> since then, we've become friends. So, yeah, like, it's, it's funny. Like, you know, people always want to have, like, you know, good friends and stuff. But um, they rarely put in any effort. And so I really realized it's, like, the same in a relationship. Like, even with your friends, you mm -hmm. really have to make an effort to meet the people that you want to be surrounding yourself with. So yeah, yeah true. that and is then I me think, stalking you. <laughs> it was funny because I remember when you when I first met you, and then afterwards you had to go back. You went traveling. I think you went to Thailand or something. Was it Thailand? Bali. You went to I Bali. Went on a silent retreat. <laughs> that was it. And which uh, she was the cow was actually the one who told me to do the silent retreat, and I did it. Best one of the best things that I've done. And um, we can talk about that later. But um, yeah, you were. Yeah, that, that I remember now. I was like, you're going on silent retreat. Like that sounds crazy. But I've always been quite interested in the the plasma. But you know, the body sign which is just a more kind of PG version. Um, but yeah, it was your birthday. I remember it took so basically it was a while until we kind of met up again. We kept yeah. the conversation going, and then yeah, like you said, with friendships, if it's meant to be, you put you both put in the effort, and um, yeah, it's it's about developing those deeper connections. But I always think you know you are essentially what's what's the word it's like you attract what you put out essentially so exactly. um, yeah that was a classic example it's quite funny so you know when you came to Singapore so I know you started a company called Stem Natural which essentially is a skincare and beauty uh, brand um, and um, very e-commerce focused without having any any experience within you know the skincare industry or you know beauty industry what were the kind of three biggest challenges for you and you know what were the three biggest lessons essentially when starting this up i think i have more than three lessons <laughs> <laughs> top three we could be here all day 
Yeah. So, okay, I just need to like expand the background to, to this as well for, for your listeners. Um, so yes, it, uh, it's a natural is a, um, a e-commerce uh, beauty brand and that started out in Singapore and Vietnam. Um, I personally, so I came to Singapore, um, to join what was already in progress. So the idea, um, and, uh, the concept of, of the brand and the, the startup was already like happening. Um, there were two, two people that I knew from, um, startup times in, um, back then in, in Vienna and that I reconnected with in, 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 sorry, in, in Singapore. And they asked me to join their new venture. So it is, this is important because I did not choose to launch this particular brand and, um, and business model which at the time I thought you know that's fine you know um, I'm just going there for the opportunity basically um, and I had a really good time like um, doing all of that and it actually took off very well um, especially in the beginning we got we saw a lot of traction and I I personally enjoyed most the the part of the business building and setting it all up but at the end of the day, it's a brand and um, or like we are trying to build a brand. And I felt like because especially me and also my co-founders, we were approaching it more from a business perspective. Like, we, you know, we want to scale the, the brand and like um, be a, a leading e-commerce player is uh, essentially. Um, I felt like there was a, we were missing to infuse the brand with a soul right from the beginning. And so I think that is my, um, yeah. my, one of the biggest takeaways from that. Yeah. Um, yes, you can manage to like build a brand in, in, in any environment, really, if you have like the right, you know, people and talent and business skills to do that. But what makes it lasting is infusing it with a brand identity. Yeah. And I think we're missing on that part. So eventually, for me, there was always something missing. Um, mm -hmm. Why do you think there was, why do you think the brand identity was missing something? So we actually had a brand identity, like the, you know, the way, um, so where we sourced the products and how the company, um, like how we, how we formed the products, how we marketed it, all of that. So there was actually a lot of story behind, behind us behind this but we didn't really focus on bringing that experience to our customer um, so we we were that's why I think I mentioned this to you as well like at one point I made a differentiation between building a brand and building an e-commerce store we essentially we thought we were building a brand but really what we were doing is we were building a product to be sold on an e-commerce platform and when you do that you have to put in more like marketing efforts to for people to you know uh, get targeted by 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 your your product whereas when you build a brand oftentimes the 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 story that you tell online is so powerful and is so convincing that people just buy it organically um, because they believe in you know what you stand for um, and and we had that as well but we I don't and I don't really know why we didn't do it in the beginning um, we did do later on but we were focusing more on like selling instead think, of building yeah that's so interesting I think actually yeah, totally. I think what you're saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, you were saying you were so focused on the business side of things and the process on how yes. to improve, how to essentially make money and how to impact the, the bottom line. But you kind of overlooked the, the communication of, you know, 
which is how you tell the story, which is essentially marketing, you know, and I guess kind of uncovering the story to explain um, what you're doing to the customer so, they, so that they, they can understand it from their point of view. You know, this is not just another beauty brand. How are you different? And, and I think what you're saying is there was a lack of attention to the philosophy side of things, right? Um, which is quite interesting. But, and then I think for you, you eventually learned that actually you were passionate about beauty and skincare and that you yes. wanted to do. And I remember so clearly we were sat down at lunch and you were like, I'm going to quit. <laughs> and I'm so sorry, what? But sorry, I think I'll let you finish on, I think, yeah, if you wanted to share a bunch of other lessons and then we can come on to why you decided yeah. to quit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, that, that's why I'd like try to um, spin the story and like t um, just tell the listener as well that I came to the venture when it was already in progress. So, you know, my biggest learning from that is when you go down as a, um, when you go down the route as an entrepreneur, you really want to build something that you fundamentally believe in and that you're part in from the beginning um, instead of joining it halfway and basically executing other people's visions because at one because entrepreneurship is tough as it is like you you know it's so much uncertainty there's limited yeah. resources um it's really yeah. tough uh, mentally and you don't want to go to a point where you actually question oh do i want to build a beauty brand or do i want to build this and that like you need to be sure of that 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 is what you want to do. Because if you have that on top, that struggle, it just makes it impossible. And for me, my goal to come to Singapore was to build a business. Um, and I thought that is good enough to like stick through it. Okay, so now I know... Yeah, now I know, like, it's not just the thought of building a business, you also have to be clear on what kind of business you want to build, mm -hmm. and what kind of entrepreneur you want to be. But because I was a first time entrepreneur, I had no idea about all of mm -hmm. that. And no, one so, and no one told me that either. So I was like, right, I'm just gonna do that. Whereas now after having done that, and now also having consulted other companies and other startups on, you know, their strategy, it's it's much clearer to me now what kind of entrepreneur I want to be um, and I'm now striving to be. Mm. Um, oh yeah, did that answer the question? What was the question again? Yeah, definitely. I think it was just talking about, I guess, you know, your biggest lessons is then natural because essentially most people could, if you looked at it from black and white, see it as like a failure because you didn't continue it, but not at all. I think there were so many lessons learned and you tried your best and I think through that process you almost learn like way more you're getting closer to what you actually want to be you know and yeah. the kind of journey and the final path that you want to go towards so um, and that's kind of continuing right just just to say that like the, the company still continues it's just uh like not with me anymore there's, mm -hmm. there's other people now doing what i was previously doing but yeah it was a tough decision to make and obviously um uh, there, yeah, this is just, I mean, I can't say it any other way. It was a very tough decision for me to make, but then also to, for my co-founders to deal with. And so it's not as simple as to just throw the towel and go. Um, and it took me a few months to also make that move. Um, so it, it, it wasn't easy, as you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, these experiences, they bring you closer to who you want to be in life and like what, what value you can Mm -hmm. you, can you can bring and, and just on that topic you were saying how that wasn't the kind of you know like business owner that you wanted to be you know for those who are actually in your position or like looking to go into that or are currently in it already 
how can they kind of find out what type of, um, I guess, solo entrepreneur or entrepreneur they want to be and, and how, what type would you say you are now or striving to be? Mm -hmm. So I think what um, people can do, first of all, to get rid of that image that, you know, entrepreneurship is glamorous because it's not. Um, it comes like, of course, you know, entrepreneurship is the ultimate freedom that's you know the goal for most people and yes that is glamorous but everything else um is can be quite tough and i think for i think because people think you know you need to be that um that super entrepreneur who scales like 10 companies and like you know takes on uh, i don't know what uh, i don't know what challenge uh, that's the only way to be successful in life i think we, you know when you are able to remove that straight away um it can help you to find a more sustainable way into it um what i mean by that is you might find that you can be an entrepreneur in your current environment already um mm -hmm. like you know in a company that has a very entrepreneurial um approach to business or you might want you you find yourself being an entrepreneur with a side hustle or you just want to be you can be an entrepreneur by just offering services directly to um different people uh different yeah. clients you don't have to like you know leave it all and quit and just do the big thing there are different types of entrepreneurship i think for people to recognize that is already helpful when starting their journey and then obviously how do you know what type is good for you the only way to do that is by a self-reflecting like what are you actually good at and who do you want to be in life and not being again misled by what your ego tells you you should be or what society tells you you should be but really asking like what is it that i want to achieve and how can i achieve that so for example for me the most important thing is to be independent and free does that mean i have to be um actually you know quite the opposite if i have a venture capital backed business i'm the opposite of free because mm -hmm. uh, i have investors in my in my neck so um like for me, that can be achieved through offering services directly to, uh, to, to clients. And then asking other people who have gone um, down that entrepreneurship route, like, or just, you know, looking in networks, like another startup story or so, like really understanding what type of entrepreneurship is out there and picking up the conversation with those people and asking them, what's your journey like? You know, what did mm. you learn? And I think everyone has a different journey. That's why it's called another startup story because it's like another mm -hmm. story. And I think what most people see is like, you know, an environment and uh, essentially entrepreneurship and they think it's like two separate things. But actually there's such a, a big sliding scale. And nowadays with the internet, there are people who are like working, you know, full time, but also like 50% of the time as a freelancer. And even, you know, there are people who are combining 80% freelance work, 20% entrepreneur you know for example running a, a an internet on it background and um, it company in the background um the whole concept of i guess of entrepreneurship is really being able to scale a company you know and not actually doing the work yourself not having a charge out rate and charging your time out to do it yourself so i think that's the main kind of difference and i think a lot of you know freelancers tend to label themselves as entrepreneurs but actually they're just like a freelancer but that's okay you know and I think it's like healthy to have a combination of both, of both and try different things and see what works for you because this is going to vary in every single different industry and different market and times as well like especially with COVID right now we know what industries are doing well what's not um so I think it's a really good point in you saying how 
there are so many different types out there and it's just understanding what type you are and what works for you at that time. And I even think that freelancers are entrepreneurs, to be honest. You know, the, the thing is, when you start labeling um, people as, oh, you are an entrepreneur and you are a freelancer, you know, when you make that differentiation, um, that, is why, that is when people, I think, you know, strive for the wrong things because they're like, oh, I don't want to be a small freelancer. Like, I want to be a big entrepreneur, right? Whereas yeah. a freelancer is also, you know, they are, they're completely responsible about their, their work, their revenue, their bottom line, their tax, their everything thing that the uncertainty they have exactly the same risk as yeah. you know somebody who skate who who has like a, a big company they have their legal entity they have all of these things and mm -hmm. i think by like keeping the concept of entrepreneurship much wider and open um i think people will understand that you know there are you can be an entrepreneur in your own way and you don't have to chase something that's not right for you so for example yeah. i mean i was definitely chasing something that wasn't right for me like now now going through um like setting up this company and like it was venture backed as well uh, angel investments i i was chasing that because i thought it was um you know building being an entrepreneur, having a company would enable me to be free. And in in fact, it, it was quite the opposite. Like I didn't feel free because I had like investors in my back. Um, I felt like very trapped. In fact, it was very difficult for me to get out of this situation. It took me a few months, um, even though, you know, I knew it wasn't right. And it took me a few months to, to get out of it. And yeah. so now, for example, I started with, um, I started freelancing, um, but I see how, you know, how that's evolving into, a bigger business already um, mm -hmm. by like freelancing out to other people. Um, you see the potential like, scalability of it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so on and like if if somebody asks me now like what's your job? Like I see myself as an entrepreneur. I don't see myself as an as a as a as a freelancer. It's like I think it's all you know the same. No, that's a good point actually. I think you know I was saying there is a distinct difference between the two but I, I'm not saying that we should be labeling ourselves you know because yeah. there is an element I think one really important piece of advice from someone who is actually he's this guy well he is a um he basically won investment he applied to entrepreneur first um and I had like a meeting with him right at the early stages when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with the company I didn't I was just you know needed some advice and he was just like what do you want for your life like do you want to be chilling in Bali every every month like having the freedom to do whatever you want or do you want to start an agency um essentially and do you want to run a big company and I was like you know that's right I think you've got to think about what you want for your life and how it's going to fit in with business and I think that's the difficult part you know and that's why I think there's so many tools out there to understand and understand yourself more and, and be more self-aware of which brings us into the topic of you know just like I guess like personal development and self-awareness which you are really good um at keeping on top on um so yeah I don't know if you have any kind of like three top tips that you have to share with our listeners and with regards to like personal development and how you I don't know I guess kind of stay positive when things are going really badly you know and then we're just talking about business but even in personal life and you know like external things that we can't control um how important is, is it to kind of yeah stay stay strong with your mind i guess i think personal development um 
for me personally, it has been a complete game changer and it comes in many different forms and shapes, um, but essentially it's about showing up as your best self every day. And I can only encourage everyone to make this their highest priority because it will help you know, you to show up better at work. It will help you sh have better relationships. It will, you know, magically make your life flow way easier. So, but again, like it's a huge topic, personal development. So where do you even start? I think it depends really where you're at in your journey. Um, how op So first of all, where, in order to start, you have to be open to the concept that you can learn something every day. Um, and, you know, that it is absolutely in your control to make the best out of life and it depends on what you are personally interested in and uh, what you like to do you know for some for some people um personal development is reading books for other people it's like sitting in meditation uh, for an hour for other people it's like just you know going on a podcast and like talking about things or talking with your friends or so i think there's many many different ways and approaches to personal development so um number one advice that i would give here is to just say okay am I open to like better myself every day? And like, am I really open? Because if you ask anyone, they will say, yeah, I'm open. Like I want to improve my life. Um, but very few people in my experience will actually be really open to it. So um, removing that barrier and like actually making that commitment to yourself that you want to change something and you want to show up as your best self is probably the best and only start. And then from there, it will take off. But I think, you know, I just want to ask the question for those who are kind of like, because obviously there's been a huge like, explosion of, I guess, kind of like self-help and meditation and wellness and all that. And obviously, you know, there are parts of it being totally commercialized. But I also think, you know, I myself have so many different habits and routines that just literally do help make my life better, you know. And I truly believe in these habits that I've developed over past few years but for a lot of people who yeah kind of think it's like self-help or whatever or think it's like almost a good guide on how to um yeah live your life like what what would you have to say for these people who are kind of a bit skeptical you know <sighs> yeah you know that i had this uh, i had this chat recently where somebody called me uh, or left me a voice message and saying um just uh, is basically complaining that you know she found these uh, self-help books not really helpful because they are I don't I don't remember the, the word that she that she um, that she mentioned but basically not very helpful and I was just thinking the problem is not that the books are not helpful the problem is that you're not open to it you know um, so <laughs> yeah what would I say to these people is like, you know, you obviously not every book will resonate and because people are on different journeys and um, like not everything that you read, you will be like, oh, okay, um, that's good. But instead of then just labeling as all self-help books are not helpful, yeah. just try different things, you know, try another like book. don't, don't exactly try another book or don't, like don't waste your time on um, why this isn't working. Like find ways that work. Don't focus on what doesn't work. Like then mm -hmm. just try different, then try podcast, try, um, I don't know, like speak with so often people generalize and it's like, just because one, you know, book is, is crap, then I'm going to read anymore. But it's like, for me, even when I listen to podcasts, which are around self-development, some of the hosts I really don't like, so I'll listen to another one. Yeah. You know, I dislike 
the whole category as a whole, you know? Yeah. And you got to understand that, you know, these books uh, and these podcasts, they are produced with a certain target in mind. Like you cannot serve all. It's the same with a brand, right? Like mm -hmm. somebody might like your brand, other people might not like your brand. You can never serve all and yeah. you shouldn't serve all. So when you consume a, uh, a self-help book, you got to keep in mind that this book was written once in, in, in mind that you know it will reach a certain person so if it doesn't re resonate with you it might simply not have been written for you you know so you just have to try different things like it's yeah it's the same like a brand can also not serve everyone and then do you talk negatively about the brand you and I no, just not no I'm just not gonna buy it yeah exactly right? I think that's a really good point um Yeah, I guess like on top of that, like it, it, you know, there's so many books and podcasts these days and, and, you know, speaking of content and this like overflowing information for, for aspiring growing entrepreneurs these days, um, and even if you look at a simple Google search, it's difficult to know where the source is from, whether to follow it and there almost isn't that kind of, not credibility, but you know, for example, in the past, like if you're If you're like an accountant, you you have you do the you do the qualifications and you have a certificate. Whereas nowadays, it seems like everyone's a you know bunch of Everyone's a, a designer. Um, and how do you think people can get around the problem of, I guess, like quality of work and even learning from the right people in a sense? Because I think who you pick when the, the teachers that you pick are, are really important. So you mean, how do you find your niche, if you will? Not so much how you find your niche, but how do you know that you're following the right people, essentially, that you're reading, the information you're reading is, you know, the what going to help you and isn't just like a lot of bullshit, you know? Um, how do you kind of filter out all, all the good stuff? So I think it all comes down to having the ability to be highly self-aware and highly self-reflective of your own capabilities and where you want to be in life. Um, because if you have full transparency and if you really understand what you want and what you're good at and what you're not good at, you can strategically look for the things that will help you reach your goals. So um, I see you know, personal development, spirituality all under the same umbrella. And that's why um, you know, I I talk about that so much because I feel like this is the only way to like really knowing like what's your why um, and why you're doing this, uh, what's your values, who do you want to be and what are your goals um, and then from there you know it will flow because you will then know okay if that is my goal if i want to be this person then i need to you know look at people who have done the same so you know automatically your filter goes uh, narrows down mm -hmm. if you say uh, my value is uh, freedom for example then okay then automatically you look for opportunities that will enable you to have that freedom so it filters out a lot of stuff so you have to be just really clear on these things and it fascinates me how few people know in detail know themselves in detail like what they really mm -hmm. want because they think it is a high level fluff but really i find it's the compass to directing you to the right sources um where yeah, you need to be so it's all coming back to that doing that deep work which yeah, is why i talk about what do you mean by deep deep work for you know for those who feel like they haven't gone through that you know or, or don't really understand or aren't necessarily interested in spirituality or in personal development like what can you define what you mean by deep work 
it's asking the right questions and not being misled by ego and by society. So um, deep the deep work is, you know, looking at you um, like as if you stand in front of the mirror naked and you've got to ask yourself really like, you know, who am I? Like, what is it that drives me? What brings me joy? What brings me happiness? And not like, what does my mom expect of me? Or what does my dad expect of me? Mm. Like, you, know, you are standing in front of this mirror, no one else is around. So you don't, you know, you don't have to justify how you feel about certain things. Or you don't have to justify why you value this over that. Mm. Um, you don't have to tell this to anyone but yourself. So really look into the mirror and um, find out who you are. And it's a constant journey. Um, like you will not get the answers by looking into the mirror once. You really have to, to do that. And again, like you don't, if you don't feel comfortable sharing that with somebody, you don't have to. It's important that you know it for yourself who you are. Because that is when you then start looking for the right opportunities for you. Oh, and yeah, that's, that's so interesting because I think a lot of people that I know um, have kind of almost gone through a, you know, call it either rock bottom or, or they've gone through a significant period in their life where everything wasn't going right. And so they have had to look almost in a way and ask those questions. You stop and think. And I think only then when you kind of start the rabbit hole, you realise how much work there is to do. Yes. And it's like, yeah, it's a never ending. It's like kind of, yeah, you dig and dig and dig, you keep finding stuff. But that's the whole process of it, I think. And it's, like you said, a constant um, journey. You have to wake up every day and do yeah. it as a commitment, essentially. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think uh, we could get, there's so many questions I could ask you because we always talk for hours. And whenever we meet up, we just talk for hours about everything. Um, and it just gets really interesting. But I think my next question for you is, you know, what are the kind of like bad habits that a lot of uh, people going to start on doing that things can pick up and how do they kind of avoid that? You know, as, as a seasoned entrepreneur like yourself, how do you think people can kind of, you know, what kind of advice can you give to stop people from hitting strange roadblocks that you've seen, you know, in your past, in the past couple of years? Yeah. Um, I think one, again, like one of the main things is letting go of ego, um, like let, not letting the ego and what other people's expectations get into your way. Because um, when you do that, then you tend to, you know, you, you pursue goals for the wrong reasons. And um, eventually it will all, all come back because they won't work out um, as, as you as you think. Um, and not knowing when to quit as well. Like, I think there's this culture that, you know, we never, we should never quit and we, like, we should stick it through, especially in entrepreneurship. Like, you really have to be persistent, blah, blah. And that is true when you are doing it for the right reasons and when you know why you're doing it. But if you are, again, like unclear or you're not 100% sure that that is your purpose, then knowing when to quit is actually the biggest asset that you can have because otherwise you're you be driven. You're wasting yeah. your time. You're wasting your time. Like when I decided to move on, like, oh my God, like I, so, I had so many people telling me like you should, you know, you're not persistent. You're not this and that. And I believed that at one point. And then I was like, no, 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 no. Like I know what my end goal is. So, you know, what's, what's the point of like pursuing something that I don't mm -hmm. want, to, want to do? So it's smarter to quit when I still can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, it's just like, 
you can get so much advice from different people, but essentially you've got to know what you want for yourself because they can give you advice. It's like dating advice. That's why I try not to take it with a pinch of salt from friends because yeah. then they'll give you advice based on you know their own experiences and that may well, not be... Not. Yeah, exactly. And that they are honestly trying to help you. It's not saying they are and they have your worst interests at heart, but it's like it, it, it's difficult because they're not in it, you know. Um, and they don't know what necessarily you want and so yes, that's exactly, exactly. applies and that's why I think we can only sit here and give advice and talk about our experiences anyone listening but you know you've got to figure out what works for you that's why it's so hard you know that's why there's no quick easy formula you know but at the same time we can encourage and advise advice but I'm not saying this is the right formula and this will work for you it may not but it may do um yeah, but, you gotta understand. Like everyone just wants to help you in a way, and that's why they say these things like "don't, you know, stop, uh, don't quit," blah blah blah. Because from their experience, it worked for them. But you gotta understand that that it works for them, and that's because, and that's why they tell you this. So you always have to be like empath empathetic enough to know that when somebody gives you advice, they first of all they mean well generally, unless you know you're really surrounded by like a bad bunch of people because hopefully you're not so yeah. generally everyone likes tries to help you and but then also knowing you know I can only give you advice based on what I know is that right for you maybe maybe not you know mm. but coming from a good place yeah and it's like I think the same thing funny and I guess analogy I could give is like fitness and nutrition like recently I've been trying to really educate myself on like nutrition and fitness and what to eat what not to eat and I swear to God, there's so much information out there. I'm getting so confused. So much advice is like, eat, drink, celery, drink, celery juice, don't drink celery juice, like it's bad for you. It's not, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't even know who to listen to anymore. But the truth is, what I do know is that every person's body is different and things that work for other people are not going to work for me and vice versa. And that's why it's trying to know it. That's why fitness and losing weight and like business and, and relationships are so tricky because there is no one set formula. Um, and that's why it's important to take on all of this advice, but also learn how to apply it in a sense. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to move on because I know, you know, I know you personally, I know you have a lot of really, um, you know, you're very disciplined and you have a lot of kind of, I guess, like routines and habits and rituals um, that kind of help you stay on track, I guess. Um, so it'd be quite useful for you to share what, with the listeners what, what your favorite things to do are and to keep you on track when you're kind of yeah having a down day so my absolute non-negotiable every day is meditation i do transcendental meditation i've been doing that for about six years um i do that 20 minutes in the morning and when i'm very um agitated in the evening or very busy i do it in the evening as well because it helps me to sleep so um that is something that i'm absolutely non-negotiable 20 minutes of mm. meditation um and then i um the rest i switch um switch uh, switch around every few weeks because i'm i get bored very easily as well um so sometimes um, I, I walk out quite a lot like i run quite a lot um but sometimes i do that in the morning then there's other weeks where i do that in the evening but i do make what i do when i like for my routine is like i block time in my diary and so for example at the moment i um meditate for 20 minutes and i read for about half an hour in bed with coffee 
so that you know I block like an hour of time and that's in my diary and then um, when I you know there's there will be other weeks where I will be meditating for 20 minutes and then go for a run for an hour so then I will block one and a half hours of my time but I know that in advance so that I plan plan when I when I switch my routine so meditation and um, workout is my absolute um, go-to and then everything else like I, I switch a little bit reading or learning something in the morning or so yeah I think just having that morning I mean I won't drive too much into morning routine because I feel like I've covered that a lot in a lot of my content um, and everyone kind of knows that and it's honestly like the best thing I find I don't have something which is some kind of ritual routine that I do in the morning and I go straight into work I'm like very flustered <laughs> in a way and I almost can't think straight and it's weird to think that I used to do that like you know years and years back or that's how we used to just jump out of bed and commute to work and be at our desks, you know, um, as if we were like monkeys. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, the point on exercise is just, yeah, over the past few months and having been locked inside during this period, I've been almost exercising like every day, which is so unlike me. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm running. <laughs> yeah. All right. You don't need to, you don't need to admit. <laughs> you run yeah. so fast. I just want to say this on tape. Like, you're crazy. I've been running but, for years. And like, you have, you, at times you run like a lot faster than I do. It's really, really good. But you probably run for way longer. I think I'm just doing like not short 5Ks, which is not long at all. But I think when I first started, I just want to say on when I first started, I was doing like six kilometers per, um, no, yeah, six minutes per kilometer. And now I've reduced to around four to 4.5. But I just want to say it's because I've got these new night trainers and they like, and mm, my so it's a night trainer. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's, it's, if anyone wants to get it, it's a night zoom pegasus and they completely cut my time but also because I've been very focused and it's been like a really good therapeutic way for me to kind of de-stress in a sense and because I don't have anything else to do like we can't see friends here so I have no choice but to exercise but I have seen the significant impact in my life and um, when things start to open up again I think I will definitely keep this going um, or try to anyway um, I am also just conscious of time, so I just wanted to um, ask a couple of more questions, um, and then we'll probably need to wrap up. But um, the next one being, um, you know, you are just someone who's just full of nuggets of information and advice and stuff. We could talk for hours, but um, what would you say the one piece of advice you can give to essentially the future generation? Um, based on my experience and like, as I said earlier, I've, I thought I have to go down the corporate route before I can be an entrepreneur. I would say, um, in, for the future generation, like do not have that, you know, shake off that limiting belief. If you really want to do it right away, like you can, there is like loads of ways to do it. Um, but at the same time, also don't be afraid to, um, to, you know, start a stable job first to give you some comfort and confidence in your skills and abilities and then break out. So anything is possible, really. Um, just don't let your belief system and society tell you what you should be doing next. You, deep yeah. down, you know it anyway. Yeah, so true. And um, it's just about constantly being on top of, you know, what you, you know, constantly checking in. I think that's what it is and constantly yeah. asking the right questions. Um, yeah, really, really good advice, I'd say. And final question for you, what is one quote that you would live by? Um, I've 
I picked up this quote like many years ago um, and I still live by it. And it's, 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 uh, it says, your walk is to discover your world and then with all your heart, give yourself to it. I think this is the most beautiful, um, very, you know, generic quote that basically leaves. Wait, say that again, your um, work is to discover. Your work is to discover your world and then with all your heart, give yourself to it. Um, mm -hmm. I like it so much because, you know, it says to discover your world, whatever that means to you whatever yeah. your your unique path uh, your unique path your soul is at um that is what you need to discover on this lifetime in our physical bodies um and then once you have it on then as you do that you give it all and give your whole heart to it i think it's a beautiful quote i love that yeah i love that do you know who said it yeah but buddha <laughs> oh, <laughs> amazing i love that so cute yeah, there's definitely one to add to my, my long list of quotes. Um, such a quote collector. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, well, I don't know if you had any last words before we wrap up, but... Um, no. Yeah, thank I'm you so much for yeah, being, on the, being on the show and joining this conversation today. Like I said, Kat is such a, just like, so wealth of wisdom <laughs> and knowledge. That we, I feel like we could just talk for hours. So, you know, if you want to connect with her and reach out, which I strongly recommend that you do, I'll put all the details and links um, in the show notes. Um, she's very, uh, very present on LinkedIn. So drop her a message if you want to connect. Um, and if you're looking for more inspiration, there's tons of other stories and interviews, um, resources, just head over to anotherstartupstory.com or you can find us on Instagram. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Carol. Bye. <laughs> Bye.